This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Tanea Oblumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Fox creeping forward. He pulls up. 18-footer. Aaron Fox puts the Kings on top. Makes one, stakes twice. Gives the belly. 35-foot three for the win. Nevada, Bielitsa. We deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. But 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we always do. Rich, I don't know if I care how you're doing today, man. You don't like bacon? I just found this out today. We're almost like 200 episodes in. You don't like bacon? Yeah, I don't like bacon. What is wrong with you? Well, first of all, you're like Obviously. microwaving it. <laughs> and that's my wife is microwaving it. I don't like it. I don't cook it in any way. Uh, my wife microwaves it, which is horrific, I'm sure. Uh, but no, I, I don't mind because I don't uh, like it, period. I, I just, I know, I, I know that I'm wrong. I know there's something wrong with me. I just, it's just the way that I am. I feel like I've heard that exact explanation for why you like Cole Anthony. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh, but today, uh, you know, we're diving, we're getting a little deeper into the pool of prospects that we're working with and and you were kind enough to split up what do you have 30 more guys and five for each position that we're going to kind of go through yeah 25 25 more so five oh, point guards, five shooting guards but then i added no because you're right because i added five more of just kind of a grab bag of of guys that aren't really getting any love uh in mock drafts but could maybe sneak into like 55th 57th that type of thing. Um, and, you know, if we know the Kings, they're probably going to pick someone who's not a consensus top 60 guy. So, um, yeah, that also includes Jalen Harris. I know we had a listener ask for a Jalen Harris breakdown. So maybe we can get – got to get to it, though. I mean, this is this thing is three weeks away. And, I mean, we got to at least get six, seven episodes between now and then. Yeah, we got this, and, and it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, the Kings are going to pick someone, of course, that we've never heard of, even after all these profiles. I uh, I, I pulled a little bit of Justin James, like, to kind of compare him to we're doing the shooting guards today, and I also uh, realized Justin James probably a little taller than these guys. I was surprised to see him listed at 6'7". Vecini had him ranked 97th in, 2000, in his 2019 big board. Um, so, yeah, very on-brand for Sacramento. 
That's interesting. Do you have the CME's big board for this year, Ab? I do. Read number 97. Oh, God. Here we go. Number 97, we got Emmett Williams, LSU, teammate of Skylar Mays. Welcome to the Kings. <laughs> uh, no, different GM. So I that's I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, how amazing is it going to feel on draft night when, like, people that we've heard of are being picked? It's going to be pretty rad. Um, so like you said, shooting guards tonight. By the way, just on Bacon real quick. <laughs> it's just – it's overhyped. Like, I – it's acceptable in small portions. I honestly don't like it. So I don't like fatty foods. Uh, I'm a fat person, really, but I just kind of like my fat to be hidden from me when it's this big, like, inch-long stripe of fat. I'm just not into it. Anyway, I, you wouldn't accept that in any other meal. It's It's been overhyped. Everyone loves bacon. I Anyway, moving so, on. Uh, real quick, I heard the other day that apparently UK bacon is, like, straight from the back of the pig. And they, like, look down on U.S. bacon because it is so fatty. I don't know what portion of the pig that U.S. bacon is, but apparently um, you got to try U.K. bacon, way less fatty. That sounds good. Uh, I think it's is, – is it pig belly here in the U.S.? I'm honestly not sure, and I'm just consuming anyways, you know, a very American of me. Everyone's like, oh, like, I love bacon. Everyone has, like, there was, like, a big, like, ironic movement of, like, I love bacon. <laughs> Everyone has, like, a I love bacon. D- don't don't wake me up before my bacon. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Everyone loves bacon. It's it's pub. It's pub. I don't want it. Uh, all right, let's get off of that. I just, let's get off of that. Shooting guards. So, yeah, like you mentioned, we, we've done 39 guys. I feel good about having a top 30. I feel good about the guys that I have ranked as first-round picks. I don't think it's going to move. My 30 are locked in. They might slide a little bit, like, amongst themselves, but I'm, I'm drawing the line at a certain place. Now, these guys are are going to be all over the place. Um, tonight we're going to be doing uh, Jameis Ramsey, Skylar Mays, Emmanuel Quickly, Sam Merrill, and Nate Hinton. And they, they are definitely all over the place. There's There just is no consensus with these guys that are – mid to late to not in the second round. Yeah, uh, definitely not. I, I really just looked at Kevin O'Connor and uh, Sam Vestini's boards, and O'Connor only had two of these guys ranked. He does only go up to pick 50. Um, but, yeah, O'Connor only had two of the guys on his list. Uh, Vestini, obviously, with I believe he goes full 100. Yeah, full 100 here does have all of these guys mentioned. Um, but yeah, same as you, I feel good saying that, you know, these guys are not going to be first rounders. So there's some guys we've talked about that, um, you know, I could say, I don't know if I'd be, I I could see an outcome where some of these guys maybe are better than them, but yeah, I'm with you. I think we have our first round candidates that we've fully gone over at this point. And really, I mean, probably even guys that you'd be talking about 35 for Sacramento. Um, this is more of like your, 43 and and, you know some of them are even what is it 51 for the other one as well I believe 52 and yeah I go off of uh, Brett Huff's consensus rankings uh, King's Twitter King's Twitter's own Brett Huff does a great consensus right now Um, and I don't know I kind of I float some of my own stuff in there too but like Jamius uh, or or Jamias I'm sorry how how do we say that 
Jamius, right? I was going to say Jamius, but I'm honestly not sure. Sometimes I hear I hear it once each way, and then I never am sure again. Let's go uh, with Ramsey. Yeah, so Ramsey is like projected kind of late 30s generally, I'd say. Skylar Mays, mid-40s, quickly kind of in that same territory. And then Sam Merrill and Nate Hinton end up in the 50s mostly. So that's the consensus, rough consensus breakdown. I will say, yeah, I'll say that that is not how I ended up on these guys. Yeah, not for me either. Um, Yeah, so I pulled a couple of uh, shooting guards that went within kind of the last five years in the second round to get the idea of player that that you're really uh, rolling the dice on here. And some of the names from 2018, like Gary Trent Jr., Sacramento should be familiar with, at pick 37. Uh, Bruce Brown at 42. Shake Milton might be more of a point guard, but he went later at 54. Um, when you're in 2017, there's West Awundu at 33. Dwayne Bacon at 40, like a Damian Dotson. Uh, and Dylan Brooks went back-to-back. And then Sterling Brown went right after that. Um so I think that's generally the guys you're working with. And there are obviously some occasional hits. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, 36 in 2016. In 2015, there was three different guys, Josh Richardson at 40, Pat Connington at 41, and Norman Powell at 46 that ended up pretty good NBA players, definitely really good value for where they were selected. Um, but for the most part, obviously, you're talking about, um, you know, bench bench players. You'd be happy to get a – a role player, I, I think you'd be happy to get like an eighth man on a roster with with some of these guys we're talking about. Oh yeah, this that you would be thrilled to get an eighth man out of any of these second round picks, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and do you have like a guy that you want to start on here, or like we could go alphabetical order? How do you kind of feel we should do this? Yeah, so I'm thinking we go in that general consensus rank that I I put out there. I definitely think Jemias Ramsey is at the top of this group. I, I have even seen some people out there having him as a late first rounder. I'm going to dismiss that for now. We can get into it. Um, but I think he's the, the headliner of the rest of the shooting guard group from this year. Um, he is out of Texas Tech. He is definitely a shooting guard in my opinion. And uh, I think he's going to be pretty locked into that. 6'4". An unconfirmed wingspan measurement, so I'm, I'm not going to invest too much into that, but 6'4", 195, definitely an interesting sort of microwave, hot, cold scoring guard. What do you? What were your first impressions of Jemias? Real quick, I want to ask you about this wingspan. Like you said, like un, unofficial in any sort of way, but I've seen rumored at like 6'10". You think, from what you saw of him, like are you comfortable saying it's a plus wingspan? I am comfortable saying it's a plus wingspan. I'm certainly not comfortable with 6'10". Yeah, 6'10 is a stretch. And obviously anything, like you, I think you said it on the last episode, if it was actually a ridiculously impressive wingspan, probably would be in there. It would be good for his stock. We would know about it. I saw like rough estimates of 6'7", so I don't know. I, I'm just not going to build in like any any positive or negatives on the wingspan because it's not confirmed. Um, and, I, and I'll just say, like, what the average wingspan of like a, of a shooting guard, NBA shooting guard, is probably plus two, plus three. So I'll just guess, you know, average, average plus wingspan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I'm surprised. Like, the, he was clearly the number one of this group for me as well. I think that, you know, he has some really good physical tools he's working with. And, and to start, I mean, yeah, freshman, like you said, at Texas Tech. And I think that one of the clearly translatable things, and it's going to be for a lot of these guys, is Ramsey's three-point shot. 42% from three on 5.2 attempts a game. Um, I think he also did a nice job of being able to create for himself a little bit and attack closeouts. Um, he did have a questionable shot selection at time. I don't, my understanding is that he wasn't the number one guy at Texas Tech even, but, um, you know, they did have limited scoring options. So I don't know if you want to credit some of the poor shot, shot selection to that, but that needs to be cleaned up a little bit, um, which I worry about less at the NBA level where he'll have an extremely limited role. Um, but yeah, I thought that he showed like actual potential as a three-level scorer even. And when he got to the rim, I thought that, you know, he looks pretty thin, but I thought he did a decent job of using his body and finishing with his right hand at times. Um, a lot of Ramsey for me is just the flashes, where I think that he just so clearly has the highest upside of this group, and that's what really does it for me. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, the the sort of speed that he's working with a little bit. He's got some um, impressive... I wouldn't say he's a amazing athlete, but I think he's an above average NBA athlete with the size he's working with. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, flashes wise on offensive end, I think that you kind of saw a little bit of everything playmaking included. And I'm, I expected to hear something from you about this 64% from the free throw line. Yeah. You were just about to, I was waiting for you to talk, to stop. And uh, yeah, cause I was going to ask like how, much you buy the shot um, because the numbers turned out well, like you mentioned, good volume, good percentage, and then the terrible free throw percentage and and like just this, he is not treated as a pure, pure shooter. Like, uh, you know, I didn't watch ev- certainly every shot he took, or I don't, I didn't even watch a full game of uh, J- uh, Jemias. <laughs> Sorry, we had to nail that down. I didn't watch a full game of Jemias, uh Ramsey. Let's call him Ramsey. But, um, yeah, I watched a lot of highlight packages and a lot of low-light packages, and some of his ba- some of his misses are really, really bad, too. So, um, you know, what do you think about his shot, and how do you reconcile the terrible free throw percentage? I thought that he had – a good stroke to him and I, I liked the form that he was working with I thought that you know he did a good job getting open with these looks and he has a really quick release um, so I thought he was you know really effective off the catch with that as well and yeah I mean I think the percentage is good enough that like it'll it'll cause teams to close out on him I think that you saw him do it off of movement even at times even though um, I think that that is probably the shot that needs a little bit of work the most from him I kind of, I I think that sometimes you see guys that, you know, the free throw percentage, a lot of it is, is their mental. And I think that, you know, Ramsey doesn't get to the line much in the first place. And when he does that, yeah, I mean, like I thought the three point shot was good and I'm kind of chalking up the free throw percentage to be in a little bit of a mental battle. I think it's, I think it's convenient to excuse free throw percentage on mental stuff. I think we do it a lot. Like, we like a prospect of Denny Avija, Avija, and we say, okay, well, yeah, the reason he shot, like, 60% from the free throw line in his career is it's a mental problem, and, and then and he'll figure it out. 
Um, people say that. People say, like, okay, he had a mental issue shooting free throws, but he's acknowledged that, and he'll move on from it. It's, uh, it's Things aren't that simple necessarily. I think we have to build into to him the fact that there's a question mark there. Um, but, yeah, regardless, I like the shot, especially on catch and shoot. I think he's going to be a good catch and shoot guy from day one. Um, I like his ability to get hot. I think that there's going to be times when you're like, why did we think this guy was a good shooter? Because I think he will go cold for big periods of time. And that's risky for a guy that is going in the second round because if you're not super invested in him and the first couple opportunities he gets, he goes cold. He could struggle to get minutes early in his career. Um, but the big thing I like about him is the age. Uh, we I think we mentioned that he's a freshman, but just to drive that point home, true freshman. And it's not going to be – he is like – years younger than anyone else we're going to talk about tonight. And it's very important to me. Actually, uh, I, I, uh, I'm I really starting to take into account birthdays and, and birth years, and I've got, a, I've got them all. Everyone that we're going to be talking about, overall 70 prospects, I've got them all in a spreadsheet. And he's actually the seventh youngest player wow. out of all 70. Wow. So we talk about like Poku and we talk about Pat, like Pat Will is the youngest American collegiate player going into the draft. Uh, Jemias is two months older than him. So it's not significant. He's six months older than Poku. He is, you know, younger than pretty much every player in this draft. Like the, it's, it's the top three, the Edwards ball, like Hayes, Wiseman, those guys actually is younger than Wiseman. So there you go. Well, yeah, I definitely didn't realize uh, comparatively that he would be that young uh, with the rest of the draft group. And, yeah, I think that, you know, you definitely see the rawness from him, but that young with the physical tools he's working with and the potential stroke there, I mean, yeah, there's a a lot of promise for sure. And, you know, I'll say, like, the offensive end, I thought the most notable thing that, like, would have to really improve is his handle. It's super loose. Um, but but there were moments of it, and and he has he has a lot of confidence, and that leads to uh, some of the contested looks and bad shots. But a player, I, I to, you need confidence to an extent. Um, so I think that it did more good for him than bad. But that handle is what's really going to need to uh, improve, and with that, hopefully, some creativity when getting to the rim because. First of all, he doesn't really have a left hand that he's working with at all when finishing there. And while I said that I felt like he did a good job using his body for some protection when he got to the rim, there was never, like, going around someone. There wasn't too much of a euro or a spin move I would see from him or anything like that. So, um, But those feel like fixable things, right? Getting some moves and tightening the handle a little bit. Um, if you want to be optimistic about it, like I think Ramsey has a good upside. And, and again, that's why I have him at the top of this group. And even on, a, on the defensive end, I think that he did a good job jumping passing lanes, um, but he is a terrible ball watcher. Terrible right there. And there's a couple guys we're going to talk about that are like that, but there were plenty of moments he just completely lost track of the play. Yeah, I think that you're bringing up some important stuff. And I, I think that the reason I brought up the age is because it plays into – it's not even like you have to fix things so much as you have to let them 
developed. Like, I don't even know that you're fixing a 19-year-old's game. It's you're, like, buying that there's going to be some natural progression as well. You draft him knowing he's going to be a good shooter and he's going to be a pretty good athlete that's dangerous in transition. And then you believe that over time, the self-creation, the handle, that will come along and that he'll add something to his game there, get even better shooting off movement. But then there's like this real concern area where you, you know, based on what you've seen, probably this will never come around. Like this will probably always be a weakness for him. It's the shot selection you mentioned early on. I have genuine questions that he'll ever improve on that just because you got to think about in the NBA, it's actually more important you have a good shot selection because, you know, you can't just play around with that. If you're going to be a rotation guard, you, you're going to tank your career by having a terrible shot selection if you're making these wrong decisions. And then defensive awareness, it's just so bad that I, I'm i not going to, in my projection of him as a player, like in any evaluation, I'm not going to expect it to ever be a positive. I think he's I think he's going to be a negative defensive player and a and questionable decision maker on offense as well. Yeah, I think there's there's potential positive upside on defense, um, but I'm with you there. And you know, he was one of the only guys I felt like good about actually a comp for. And tell me how you feel about this because this might be too much of a pure shooter, but I put Nick Young. I <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, I had someone throw out Tim Hardaway Jr. as like a high-end outcome. Well, I like the swag of Nick Young. I'll say this. I would buy into him in a second if the Kings drafted him. Oh, yeah. I would be really into into his upside, into the rawness and uh, the projectability of, of the, the ability to get hot and if he can become kind of a borderline elite shooter. You know, I've heard – Comparisons to the uh, the guy that you've brought up a lot in different comps, Terry Rozier. I, I think that actually kind of works for him. Just like kind of a a bit of a chucker, but he can shoot, and the passing is not great. But it's like okay, well he's a guard, but I don't know. Um, is he a lead guard? You know, he's he's not, but he 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 has some passing upside. But people think that he should be passing, but then he probably shouldn't be passing. Um, I think that's an interesting one as well. But I like the swag of, of a Nick Young. Uh, that works for me. Yeah, and do you want to move on to number two here? I believe it was Manuel Quickly. Is that right? Yeah, I do. Just real quick, like, do we want to try to place him at all uh, in, in our, our players we've previously ranked? You want you want to hold – we could hold that off till we do everybody together? Uh, yeah, maybe let's wait for the end. I have them ranked among each other, among these five. Um and yeah, I mean, most of the guys we've talked about, he's probably lower than. But yeah, well, maybe we'll do that at the end. Okay, we'll do that at the end. That sounds good to me. Um, we had quickly. I actually had quickly third on this list, but let's get right to him because even though he was third on the consensus list that I've looked at, he was second for me among my preferred players. So I'm good to go with Emmanuel Quickly if you are. Okay, yeah, I have uh, Quickly second here as well. I originally had him third and then ended up bumping him up to second on this list. Um, Yeah, I think that, you know, he probably has the most – I would say he's the best shooter of this group um, that you're working with. He played at Kentucky, and, you know, he had – it was probably smart of him. He put this, you know, video on YouTube of – 
him deciding to go into the draft and, you know, has John Calipari talking about the, the coach of Kentucky, talking about how he's the first guy in the gym and the last guy to leave. And he came to Kentucky and started a, his first seven games and then moved to the bench. And everyone was talking about how this guy needs to transfer. And he stuck it out, had a great improvement jump between his freshman and sophomore season and came and at times was the best player on Kentucky this year. And yeah, a lot of it to me is that three-point shot that he's working with. He has great relocation, um, which is just an amazing skill to have when you're pairing it with being a ridiculous three-point shooter. And this season was 42.8% from three on 4.8 attempts. The rest of his numbers I have are 16.1 points, 4.2 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 0.9 steals per game on 41% from the field, 42% from three, as I mentioned, and 92% from the free throw line. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that means hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Yeah, he's a great shooter. And I'm sold on that. Um... Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how much else what else he is. He's he's a great shooter. Um, the size is really interesting because he's only six three, and he was you know supposed to be a pure point guard coming out of high school. That was the plan for him at Kentucky, and it never worked out. You know he ended up averaging less than two assists. Clearly moved into a shooting guard role. You know, does not show anything as a passer that would make you think he could be a point guard in the NBA. But he is six three, with a you know unconfirmed wingspan. People say six eight, fine, um, but very small, very slight, slender frame. Needs to add a ton of strength. But I mean, like he's a great shooter, and, and like I'm willing to start the conversation there and be excited about that. Like period. Yeah, and I think that. You know, when it comes with that, and I think that he is a pretty smart player. I didn't feel like he forced things too often. Um, He doesn't have this amazing athleticism to him. Quickly is not the quickest guy out there. Um, He has, like, an okay floater if he's attacking a closeout. He's a poor finisher when he's getting to the rim, uh, partially because of that strength that he's working with. You'd like to see him be able to develop that because of he's – him being such a knockdown free throw shooter that would allow him to get to the line a little bit more. 
But, yeah, I think that he's going to do an okay job of attacking closeouts and, you know, just making the next pass at times. Um, and, and then in regards to his on-ball defense, like, point of attack, guarding a pick and roll, I thought he did a pretty good job getting through screens and guarding ones and twos at the college level. He'll need to put on a little bit of weight, but and, and his lateral quickness wasn't amazing or anything like that. But with some decent length, like, I, I think that he's he's going to be an okay on-ball defender. Um, at the next level. Off ball is a different story, but I think you're getting a three-point shot in like a okay slash above average on-ball defender for ones and twos. The defense I'm not quite as sold as you are. There, you know, there's not a good steal rate, which is one of the biggest indicators of defense translating, but just in general, like I wouldn't call it a strength or a weakness. Like I would just call him a thoroughly average defender. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned the free throw stuff, like the incredibly elite free throw percentage. He actually does take a ton of free throws, and he knows it. Like, he knows how to generate points, and it's either shooting from the perimeter or drawing foul. And he's actually really good at drawing fouls, but he's just not good at finishing when he doesn't draw the foul. So it's like as it, it, when you're defending him, it's almost smarter to, like, let him just take yeah. the layup. Um, so if he could be a good finisher – which is, like, in the realm of possibility. Again, I'd kind of call him an average finisher, not a remarkable finisher. Um, if you could ever become a good finisher, then you've got that pick-your-poison situation where you 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 have to defend him, but you can't foul. Um, you have to defend hard, but you can't foul. That's going to put the defense in a really difficult position. So I like that. Um, you would like a little more strength, height, vertical pop for a guy to draw fouls in the NBA. I think a lot of it got by with, you know, an IQ foul draw more than a just like panic foul draw because of his athleticism. But that combination of shooting and self-creation, especially in terms of creating free throw, uh, creating, you know, fouls for himself, I, I think that is, those are valuable. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, he's going to be a player that's going to be able to come in. And like you're saying, he, he kind of found his role at Kentucky in his second season. And I would think that, you know, with some time in the NBA, he's going to be able to carve out a role there as well. He feels a little, uh, uh, I mean, definitely safer than Ramsey, but also a lower upside that you're working with there as well. And yeah, I think that, you know, a, a team will be able to develop him into a halfway decent role player coming off the bench. Um, like, I feel I feel like he's a pretty safe pick. I feel I feel good about saying that he'll be in the NBA for a little while. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think yeah. it's because I, I just buy the one and two defense a little more than you. Yeah, no, I, I don't see it as a strength. Um, no, definitely not. I, I, I actually do have it, like – I did floor and ceiling immediately. I actually have him with the highest floor of anyone in here, but it's not got anything to do with his defense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the shooting and the and the ability to the IQ to draw fouls and the the desire to draw fouls. But yeah, I mean, I think for him, it's a lot about getting stronger and getting physically better. And I don't know how likely it is for that to happen. Um, I know you know there's NBA strength training programs, but I don't know. Like, a lot of guys in Kentucky are pretty jacked, and you should probably, especially with the years there, I feel like he, it's just, it's concerning. 
Um, and uh, I will also just mention here, I told you I was going to be hammering age tonight. Um, he is a, almost exactly two years, uh, sorry, two years older than Ramsey. So, wow. I actually thought it was very close between these two guys. I give the edge to Ramsey. I like Quickly's floor way better. I don't like his ceiling as much, especially due to the age. Yeah. Um, with you there. Yeah. Age strength and, and lack, lack of athleticism compared to Ramsey's kind of what it did it there for me. And, uh, yeah, I think he's a pretty straightforward prospect. I don't really have all too much else on him. Yeah. Do you want to go to the guy who I think was, is consensus projected a little bit higher than quickly, but we both had lower, which is Skylar Mays of LSU. Isn't it really Skylar Mays? Okay. I'm so excited because I think we're going to be on the super like same page about all these guys because you're you don't sound excited about Skylar Mays. No, he's yeah no I debated putting him dead last. Okay, actually, great because I was this was going to be my hot take is I don't think he's I don't know that he's going to be in my top sixty. I actually don't like I, I struggled to see what like his NBA role is. Yeah, I I so I have like a little column here where I write their outcomes as well. So I put the ceiling. Grade, ceiling grade, floor grade, and like a ceiling outcome and a floor outcome. My floor outcome is just not not an NBA player. And I think that's actually like totally, totally, totally within the realm of possibility. Yeah. So he has a good handle that he's working with. So he's a – I should go through his basic numbers. Senior at LSU, and in his senior season he had 16.7 points, 5.0 rebounds, 3.2 assists. 1.8 steals and 2.3 turnovers on 49% from the field, 39% from three on just upward of four attempts a game, and 85.4% from the free throw line. I thought that you know his best aspect was working in the pick and roll, and I thought that when he get when he got downhill, I mentioned like Ramsey needing some creativeness to his game, and I thought that Mays like had that amazingly. I thought that he had the best like move combinations to him when he's moving downhill. He has a really nice spin move that he can um, that he can elevate off of pretty quickly. He has a Euro step he's working with. Uh, no left hand when he's finishing, but like I couldn't help but think like the little bit of polish and, and nice bag that he has of moves, I guess, is just from playing four years in college. Thank you. We're so simpatico right now. I, for his strengths, like, I just listed experience and IQ, and that's pretty much it, man. He's not even, like, a great shooter. Before no. his junior season, 31% from three. Sophomore season, 35. Freshman season, 32. Like, sure, it's an okay jump this year, and the free throw percentage is a good indicator, 84%, but it's not – I don't – it's not good enough for me. Like, I, I think that this guy could be a below-average three-point shooter, and, like, you for need sure. something to bank on. For sure. For sure. Catch-and-shoot is a strength of his game relative to the rest of his game, but it's not like he's a great catch-and-shoot player. Um, there is just so – like, there is so little exciting about him as a prospect. And I hate to say it because, you know, I think this is the type of pick that – a front office sells himself on after the interview, <clears throat> after the in-person uh, training, and and uh, you know they they try them out in person. They talk to them. They're like, oh man, this kid is so smart. Four-year senior, um, 
played at a really high level on a big stage, you know, played on a really big stage, LSU, a highly ranked team at times, you know, and look, oh, look, like, look at how he uses experience and his IQ in the game. Like, he'll fit right in to our NBA situation here. But there just is no upside, just almost none. Like, I would say just no upside on him. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say because he probably is a great kid, super high character guy, super smart guy. I think I saw he won, you know, some award for academia and all that. Um, but, yeah, like, I also have to point out here, super old. Like, I tell you, would be hammering the age episode. He's super old, man. Born in 97. This is a Grant Riller type of guy in terms of age. Uh, six months younger than, than Riller, but, yeah, 97. Um, like, it's not – how is the – there just isn't upside. I don't know how he got to 45 in the consensus ranks. I, yeah, I, I might actually go look up his spreadsheet because – I gotta figure out who's got him so high that it's pulling him up. Yeah, um, thirty-eight for Vicini is is probably doing it. Um, thirty-eight, thirty-eight. Vicini has a crush on like on final products. I think like especially if he's been watching them for four years. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, so tough. Like he's yeah. he's the Malachi Flynn first round guy. That's so tough. I cannot yeah. get there. 45 for uh, Jemias Ramsey, 41 for Quickly, and yeah, we'll get to Sam Merrill sitting there, 37, one above Skylar Mays. Um, yeah, for Mays, I mean, he's not even he's a low level athlete. He he ball watches. I think you know, obviously the 1.8 steals is impressive, and I thought that he had good hands, but I, I mean, he he's a good ISO defender or like passable ISO defender, I guess. But off ball, (laughs) he was, like, super poor. I'm just trying to find, like, yeah, there's nothing really inspiring about him. It was definitely the least fun project uh, prospect to watch out of these guys. And I just don't – yeah, like, he he was a point guard at LSU, and I just don't – he doesn't have the playmaking to be a point guard, a backup point guard in the NBA. Like, I I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see him being – like anything better than the 14th guy on a roster for a year or two because they made a poor pick in the second round. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's and, and like you said, like he played a point guard position, but he absolutely cannot play point guard in the NBA, which means he's an undersized shooting guard and he doesn't have that skill set to be a shooting guard. And it's, uh, you know, he's going to fight for minutes because he's a smart, experienced guy um, who gives a lot of effort, and um, that's it. Uh, he, he, I think he will fight for, for, you know, minutes here and there, for a roster spot here and there, and I don't uh, I don't really buy it. Yeah. Are you good if I move on to Sam Merrill here? Yep, absolutely. All right. The reason that you've been hammering age this whole episode – um, I have in his senior year at Utah State, 19.7 points, 4.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists, uh, 0.9 steals, and 1.6 turnovers on 46% from the field, 41% from three on 6.8 attempts a game, and 89% from the free throw line. Uh, with Merrill, you know, there's a couple guys in the class that probably could say it. I think Merrill 
is a guy that, you know, could claim to be the best shooter in the class. I don't know if I quite agree with it, but he's definitely up there. Um, all four seasons, you know, freshman year, 45% from three, three attempts a game. Sophomore year, 46% from three, six attempts a game. Junior year, 37% from three on 6.5 attempts. Not great. Um, not quite sure what happened with that dip. But then back to the senior year, 41% on 6.8 attempts. I thought that, you know, you saw it off off movement, off off the catch, um, off the dribble a lot specifically. And he has NBA range he's working with. I think the shot is – the shot's legit with Merrill. You know, it's funny. He does have an elite shot um, in terms of it going down. I actually have questions about it. I actually have questions about the form. I actually have questions about the lift in particular. Like, hmm. he, he is such – so there, his shot just looked so funky to me. And it's like – it's a super quick trigger, which is normally a good thing. Like, he just he just pulls it, and it just it's already up. It's already in the air. But then I, like, really was looking at it, and I'm like, he's only shooting this fast because he can only get two inches off the ground. He shoots jumpers like I shoot jumpers. Like, my feet are, like, basically still – on the court. Um, he is such a poor athlete that I, I think there is like just enormous potential for failure here because I think you even see the, the lack of athleticism in the jumper because he just doesn't get any lift. Interesting. I buy the three-point shot. I thought the form was like, and this is the only thing similar to this player, it was almost like Luka Doncic-ish, who, you know, similarly doesn't Get off the floor amazingly. Please, please do not say Luka Doncic and Sam Merrill. The, the only game. thing I'm talking about is his uh, form. The we have only thing. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, no, I heard somebody. I was like, okay, let's calm down here. Um, yeah, so I, I buy the form that he's working with, and I agree with you. The athleticism is definitely concerning, especially, you know, if the idea is that he is a pure shooter, you would really want him uh, running through sets and, and catching and shooting off movement, which I think he's able to do. But, you know, he's going to going to be the most agile navigating through screens and eventually getting to his spots. Um, but I, I do buy the shot that he's working with there. And I thought that, you know, guys are going to close out hard on him, that he's a really high IQ guy, um, that he has some okay playmaking to him as well. Like almost in the way that I thought that like, it, it's probably less so, but like Desmond Bain level playmaking. Uh, probably a little lower than that that you're working with, but I think that like Merrill will do a fine job in in swinging the ball, being a tertiary playmaker um, as well. I I mean I don't think there's anything to like about this game other than the shot going down. I think he's probably going to need so he's going to need to be open as well. I think he can drill an open three point shot at a forty percent rate, and then. Nothing else about him do I like. Yes, I, like the only other thing that I have in in the strength is there's some versatility to the, like that he can be open off the movement. He can be open off the dribble as well. I do think he needs to be open, especially with the lack of lift on the shot. Um, it's concerning to me <laughs> is absolutely no floater at all. Yeah. That concerns me as in terms of like projecting a shot in terms of the touch. like Or finishing. Yeah, absolutely. So scoring in general, like, if he's not taking an open jumper, I don't want it. And the only other thing that I have in the strengths category is, like, an IQ feel. 
right? Mm-hmm. Which is and and I think that's where the passing comes from. Right. As a four year senior, you're playing in a system that you're very familiar with, that is very supportive of you. You know, it's not a big school. Uh, they were pretty successful in his senior year, but I think like him being around that team for so many years, you become a good playmaker like in the system. I don't buy him as a good passer uh, at the NBA level level for sure, not buying that. And I think he's got a real chance of coming in and being the worst athlete in the NBA. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he is by far the oldest player in this draft by far, this man <laughs> ancient. I was waiting for this. Who do you think's older? Let's play a little older. <laughs> Him or LeBron? Uh, you probably saw <laughs> some of the messages I sent. I saw, I was freaking out about how old this dude is. Yeah. Him or Aaron Gordon? I think that this was the one I saw, right? That he's a month older than Aaron Gordon. He is four months younger than Aaron oh, okay. Gordon, who was drafted in 2014. <laughs> Insane. Drafted in 2014. Older or younger, Sam Merrill or Devin Booker? Oh, God. Booker's still pretty young. I'm going to go Merrill's older. Yeah, Sam Merrill is older than Devin Booker, who was drafted in 2015. (laughs) Older or younger than Kyle Guy? Older. A a full year older than Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy was the guy that I (laughs) – a guy. Is the player (laughs) that I keep coming back to with Merrill where he's this great three-point shooter, and then you worry about everything else, right? Um, (laughs) Merrill, I think, is a bigger, older cow guy from a smaller school that that succeeded less on a less large stage. That's my best comp. Interesting. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. Um, Yeah, I mean, a lot of the... What you're working with is obviously just that shot. I think that I like him like as a tertiary playmaker a little more than you do. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Let me ask you, Justin James spent four years at Wyoming. Who do you like better between Sam Merrill and Justin James? Um, I like the toolsiness of James far more. Mm-hmm. He is That's an athleticism. Such a better athlete. Yeah. I yeah. like Kyle Guy more. And Kyle Guy went 55th last year, so that tells yeah. me where I'm going to end up on San Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then in regards to the defense, I think it's pretty similar to Skyler Mays where, you know, I think he's fine, I guess, in isolation, like, I guess. Um, but overall, like, he's, he's a negative defender by a good amount. Uh, he's going to get screwed by any screen that he hits. Um, and, like, has okay rotations, I guess, because he's a smart player, but lacks the athleticism to really do anything about it at times. So, poor defender. Um, I guess won't destroy you in one-on-one against, like... Really poor defender. He will yeah. destroy you. I He he will. Like, the lack of athleticism... No. Like, th- this guy's a bad defender. I Like, I'd like to like him. I, I like... But I think this is, like, us all falling in love with shooting at this point in time in the NBA, and we're like, oh, my God, he can shoot. He's an NBA player. I think it's gone too far. People have him in the 30s or whatever. I think someone insanely put him in the first round or something, and I saw it somewhere, and I freaked out. Um, He's going to be 25 as a rookie. He will turn 25 in his rookie year. That's just – it just – 
I don't know what to say any more than that. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He, I believe he's older because he, you know, is the missionary stuff, you know, Utah State, hmm. you know, you can put those pieces together and all of that. I'm sure he's a great kid. Um, he is a great shooter, but I absolutely do not see him as an NBA player. So, I, like, I would not be surprised if he was not in my top 60 at all. Interesting. I do see him as an NBA player. I think that our uh, our difference probably comes, like, I think that he's going to hit shots contested. I think that we saw him do that um, at Utah State. And, yeah, I think that, you know, that he was able to pick his spots at Utah. And obviously the arguments that those same spots aren't quite going to be there or not going to be able to create, like, space, I guess. Like, I was watching this video, and it was like, yeah, and you can see the space he creates with this step back. And I was like, what? He created no space at all. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, so I, I see where you're coming from, but, like, I do think that the high IQ he works with and that shot will I, – I think he'll be in the league for a little while. How many years? Give me, like, six years writing, writing wow. the bench. Oh, my gosh. We're, yeah, we're super far off. I think that he probably signs a two-way in his first year. I think he's probably taken late 50s, like at best late 40s. And I think he signs a two-way. And I think the competition level and the athleticism just swallows him up. Um, because, again, like it's a pretty enclosed environment, Utah State, small school for four years. I, I just think like in the inability to create the – Athleticism matters so, so much when taking that leap. Um, yeah, no, I would say over under of years with like a full NBA contract, if you said if you said two, I'll take the under. Wow. If you, if you said two, I'd say if you said two and a half, I'll take the under. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way he gets more than two years of a NBA contract. I, I don't think it's like the same team he's writing it out with or anything. I think that he ends up keep on hopping around because uh, teams have some hope in the – uh, the field that he works with, and obviously that, that three-point shot will be somewhat translatable. Like, I think that if he can learn where his spots are going to be available to him on the NBA level, that he could be, like, okay there. I'm not – he's not a first-round prospect or anything like that for me, and I don't want Sacramento to consider him. Um, but I think that, you know, his role – he would have to get a chance on a team – I think he has to get a chance on an NBA roster, like – Pretty quickly, you know. Real, yeah. No, real question. Like, why do you think that he is better than Kyle Guy? And why? I do. I think that the playmaking and putting the ball on the floor, I, I think that you saw that better from Merrill. Like, I think, you know, even the little bit of step backs. And, and like I said, I think, like, picking his spots, I thought he did better. Okay. So you think that Sam Merrill is going to be better player than Kyle Guy because of his mid-range stuff creation? I do. Okay. Yeah. Alright. It's a low bar, Agreed by the way. Disagree. Low bar, by the way. But yeah. Well, I'm just saying because like Kyle Guy, I don't think that you would take the over on like six years in the NBA right now. I think we all acknowledge he's got an uphill battle. And he came in younger and having succeeded a lot more. So I just don't, I don't really understand like how people... He is so close to Kyle Guy in terms of their best strength being completely identical that it just surprises me that you see a lot more in Merrill. In Merrill. But I don't, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just – Yeah, I just thought the offense was a little more well-rounded, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah. 
Um, last guy, we got Nate Hinton here from uh, Houston, and going into his just completed his sophomore season there, uh, 10.6 points. This is in 30 minutes of play. Uh, 8.7 rebounds, 2.0 assists, 1.4 steals, and 1.2 turnovers on 41% from the field, 38% from three on 3.8 attempts, and 75.6% from the free throw line. We got the best rebounder of the group right here. Most definitely. Um, yeah, rebounding is the strength. And, I mean, defensive effort yep. for sure. Defensive execution, kind of, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this guy I ended up slashing in the position category of my spreadsheet. I slashed him as a shooting guard small forward. Um, definitely 6'5", and not like a huge wingspan, but I think it's reasonable to say that it looks – as big or bigger than anyone else in this group, and definitely plays way bigger. Yeah, I think he's stronger, too. Like, he just seemed like he had a bit more weight on him compared to some of these guys. He's the one that I agree with you. I'd feel comfortable saying that he could guard threes. Uh, The issue with that is his athleticism that I didn't think was great. I thought his reactions were really good, and I was most impressed with him off the ball, especially – it was less of jumping in passing lanes um, and anticipating things and more of being reactionary and being able to get there in time. I thought that he had really good reactions that it's going to lead to him potentially being a pretty good off-ball defender. And like you mentioned, the effort's always going to be there with him that's pretty evident in the rebounding that you saw both on offensive and defensive end. Offensive, he pulled down 2.7 a game. Uh, defensive, 6 a game. So. Yeah, I mean, there's there's defensive potential you're working with here. Definitely. And as far as, like, if you had to take one of these guys and ask them to defend a three, there's zero question, right? It's, yeah. it's Nate Hinton. Um, in fact, I think pretty much you're in big trouble if it's anyone other than Nate Hinton. And I feel pretty okay um, with Hinton doing it. Um, we do have the weight all listed and he definitely is the the heaviest guy here, definitely the strongest guy here, uh, 210 for him. I think that even gets gets a, a bit higher in the NBA or in the G League or, or what have you. Um, you know, I think, yeah, what did you think about his shot and his shooting numbers? Um, I, I mean, like, I don't – I don't bring him to the NBA and trust him to be a three-point shooter. Like, I guess there's stuff to work with, um, but, I don't know, it was inconsistent. And at moments it looked okay, um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't trust it. Like, I'm bringing him in for his defense. That's fair. I think that you bring him in, you certainly, I'm with you, you don't trust him to be a good shooter, but... What was the college numbers, 37 38%, something like that? Yeah, 38.7. Uh, freshman year was 33.7. On like a moderate volume? Yeah, 3.8 this year and 2.2 last year. Yeah, so like I think you bring him in because you you can you know you're banking the defense and the and the effort and the rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you're 
you're investing in the shot being there. Like the upside, the ceiling of Nate Hinton is a 3 and D wing, which is extremely valuable. Yeah. Like very, very valuable. Like the – just to get a comp out here, um, like the hopes that like a Josh Kogi can shoot it one day or the hopes that – there's so many wings that you're like, yeah, we're, banking, we're banking the D. We're banking the D. D, we've got covered. That's how the ball is covered. And we're hoping that the shot, you know, yeah, it might end up 34, 35%, but if it ends up 38, 39, then we've got a real player here. And um, especially if there's volume with that, it's always going to be a low usage guy. You know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I want to get to, I'll save it for the comparisons between players, but there's a lot of NBA comps for Nate Hinton because this player type is in high demand, and I absolutely am smashing him as a second-round pick. Like, he's going to be in my top 60. I absolutely would roll the dice on him before a guy like Sam Merrill, to be sure. Um, and I'll just mention, you know, three years younger than Sam Merrill, which is, I mean, you could say that about anybody. But, uh, yeah, so, like, he's pretty much in the – Average, so he's the same age as quickly, actually born within the same week as Emmanuel quickly. Um, Scott Mays is uh two years older, and then Sam Merrill is a year older than that, and he's two years older than um Ramsey. So, Ramsey, obviously, the youngest of this group. That's the end of my age talk. Thank you for, for listening. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Like, Hinton's definitely the, you bring him in, and like you're saying, you, you feel like you have the defense in him. I was a little worried by, like, the lack of athleticism and what that means for him on the ball. When he's such a defensive prospect, and I feel like that's the main thing that you're you're banking on him for, for him to have some struggles stopping guys from going by him on the ball and, and containing them, and once they do, even recovering, I, I was a little concerned with that. Yeah, I mean he's not it's he's not an elite defensive prospect, but that's why we're talking about him in the late second round. Right. Right. Um I think the theory is just more sound in what's valuable like in today's game. Mm-hmm. Um it it because the catch and shoot stuff is decent, like and, and the free throw percentage stuff is decent, it's not like you're seeing any problems there. Like he is a better shooter 
by the numbers than a lot of like a lot of players in this draft. So I think you're you know you're buying a guy that is going to give you super super high effort on defense, even if he's not the you know toolsiest guy in the world, even if he's not the toolsiest six five guy with like a six nine six wing six ten wingspan. At least he has that that base to work with. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, do you want to get to ranking the guys? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I think we're the same. That we have Jemias Ramsey and Emmanuel quickly, one and two. Is that right? Yes. yes. Okay, this is where we're going to get different. Uh, and I think that's like a tier break. Like yeah, we don't for sure. Compare anyone to, yeah. For sure. Three, I have Sam Merrill. And I do not think you do. Yeah, you would. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no. No. Is it I, Hinton for you? Um, yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have Hinton sitting at four. Yeah, it's it's not. Uh, so this, I was saving this for our end of the podcast talk, but I had predicted this early on. You know how you and I had, like, this debate a while back about who was the better prospect between Kyle Guy and Daquan Jeffries? And I argued really hard for Jeffries. And, you know, you kind of – you don't want to say you argued super hard for Guy, but you did at the time. It's on tape. You valued the shooting over the the full package, the tools, the size, the length, the age, right? I am – this this is a this is the Jaquan Jeffries Cal guy argument right here. Mm-hmm. It's Hint, Hinton versus Merrill. That's fair enough. And for Sacramento, give me Hinton. But I just see a very likely possibility of Hinton being out of the league, and I feel good saying that Merrill will stick around for a little while. Yeah, flip that for me. Okay. I feel very confident that Hinton will have a longer run in the league than Merrill because. You know, six five guys with a negative wingspan and are twenty five years old. I don't think they have like a big. There's not a demand for them in the NBA. Uh, <clears throat> you know, small forward sized guys who are twenty one years old and play super high effort, good quality defense and can rebound and uh, all that stuff. Like that, that is like that. There is demand for that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I rest my case. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I again buy like the all-rounded offensive game, aside from getting to the rim uh, that you're working with with Sam Merrill. Um, but so we both have Skyler Mays last year. Uh, no, I have Sam Merrill last. Hi. Oh, you I do. Hate, I hate Sam Merrill. What? Yeah. What? He's tw- he's going to be 25 years old as a rookie. And he is maybe the worst athlete in the – he'll be maybe the least worst athlete in the league if he even gets to the league. So, yeah. No, I absolutely – I mean, actually, let me check. Let me check where I, how I finally did this here. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I definitely do. Um, it's not even really close. I do not believe in Sam Merrill. You can't just give me a jump shot and say it's an NBA player. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, we're we're like – Debating these super late guys. Um, I what what do you like about Mays better than Merrill? I mean, I don't like Mays either. Like I said, like I think both of these guys have like a real risk of being outside of my top sixty. Um, 
like I would take the stash guys that you know are like consensus 70 80 um but you you don't have to commit a roster spot to them or a two way or whatever um yeah. I just see no upside for either one they're both very old they both like don't I don't see how they could get much better um, the only reason that I have Mays above Merrill is that, you know, you talked about well-roundedness. At least you can say that for Mays. Like, at least you can say he's a well-rounded player. Um, like, in terms of – I don't think that Mays is, like, a, an immediate disaster on defense. I think Sam Merrill, you put in an NBA game, and your entire defense collapses because the wow. opposing team just attacks them. I think they're about the same. Strong disagree. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I thought, hmm, offensively, like, Maze, the edge, obviously, is the finishing, but I didn't see a, like, jump shot that I, I believed in amazingly. And, yeah, like, it was it was okay, obviously, but I think that, you know, uh, Merrill doing it off the dribble and, and, like you're saying, being able to do it in the mid-range or – uh, step back like I think that once he realizes where his where his couple shots are going to be able to come from in the NBA uh, a few times a game that that'll, that'll work for him and I obviously did consider the age but I kind of feel like once you're getting to this point in the draft I'm just you know age or not I just am looking for a guy that I feel like is going to be able to stick in the NBA and I think that Merrill will be able to do that for a little while. So with Mays like I think at least he has there's no way that he he dramatically hurts you. Like I think you can you look at a guy that's, you know, okay, you played for LSU, big stage, four years, high IQ, good experience, like this super whatever, like all these traits about him that we like, but it's not enough. And then I don't see where he's killing you. Um, but he's just like a – it's like such a neutral situation. I'm I'm not trying to talk up Maze. The reason that I'm so low on Merrill is that I think he immediately kills you, like in, on either direction. If he's out there on defense, you're – I mean, you're, you're dead. Like I don't know why you're playing in an NBA game because you're dead. Um, and if, he, if he's – the things that you like about him – I would never want an NBA team to do. I if 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 Sam Merrill is like creating in the mid range, you're dead. No, I don't think he is. I think he's running around screens and you know has a gravity to him with his three point shot, and then is able to take advantage of guys that are closing out. I do not think he's able to take advantage of guys that are closing. Out. Okay, and, and like I think you can find someone better at running out screens, and also. I don't think he could run that much. He's, Fair he's enough. not a good athlete. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Super doughy, not fast, no lift guy. I I <laughs> absolutely don't want him. I don't want like I don't I don't see any situation where he helps the team. Even like wow. when his when his strength, like you're 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 absolutely right. Like he's his he's a good shooter, but like when his strength isn't good enough to break the threshold of being meaningful in an NBA game, it's still it's just not an NBA player. And like I, I feel the same way about Mays, right? But it's I just neither of them. I'm not 
at least at least with Hinton, you could think, okay, maybe there's something special about his defense and rebounding. Where sure he's like the most lowest usage player on this team, but hey, maybe that 38% from three is real-ish, and he gives you you know passable defense. We can plug him in here. And he can give us eight minutes a night, like in a situation where we just need a, a guy to plug in as a defensive wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll say for Sacramento preference, I I have your order. I've have I'd have Ramsey quickly hint in Merrill Mays or Mays Merrill, whichever for those last two that are clearly uh, last for Sacramento, and you know there's just no reason for a team that needs to be looking to get younger and focus on the future to take somebody that probably played with De'Aaron Fox's dad at some point. Um, right. And you already yeah. have a better Sam Merrill in Kyle Guy. There you go. <laughs> Sam Merrill. Um, is there any of these guys that you like better than Justin James? Yes. Uh, quickly. Jemias Ramsey, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and quickly, yeah, I think so. I think the the big concern with James for me is the shot. It looks really flat. Um, like if he, if whatever, if if the uh, Sacramento Kings shot doctors can fix that, <laughs> great. Actually, I love the tools and the athleticism of James. But yeah, I I, I do like the shot of quickly and the at least like the concept that he you know kind of like Merrill like he has he has the shot right but I, I think that quickly is just such a better defender such a better mm-hmm. um, you know self creator and and like at least I don't know has a chance to finish you know I, I yeah and and the youth so that's why I think yeah and but James, James is a tough one James is quite a bit older as well so yeah four years in Wyoming I would take the upside on quickly. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there as well, and I think that quickly has an easier role to fit into. While James, like, kind of was the guy at Wyoming, um, and obviously there's a little bit of translating that's needed to be done. Uh, some okay scoring at the Stockton level, but yeah, I surprisingly 29.6% from three in his senior year at Wyoming. You know, like, I guess there's the sophomore year, 41%, but there's just so much variance between this. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, both Ramsey and Quickly are guys that I, I would totally be happy to see Sacramento come away with when you're talking these these second-rounders that you're working with, not 35, but even, like, 43. I mean, we'll get into more guys, but, you know, I'd give them some consideration there. Yeah, um, I also think that, like, there's an argument to be made for Nate Hinton over Justin James. Um, Like, I know Hinton is this bottom-of-the-barrel projected guy, like 55 at best, right? People think, you know, Hinton is going to be, you know, 55, 56, 57. Uh, That pick, like, in that range or not drafted at all, but, like, then remember that Justin James is 97, uh, you know, on people's boards, so... Uh, I think especially with the age disparity and the strength and the shooting percentages in college, I think there's a legit argument for Hinton over James as well. Yeah, I mean, it, if if the roster was able, if it was simple as replacing Hinton with James, I'm all for it. You know, 
Gotcha. Yeah, no, and to answer your question about where I'd kind of slot them in in relative to the picks, like um, Jemias I'd actually be pretty happy with, I think, at 35 even. Um, I'm not, like, going to be stoked necessarily, but – I think it's I the right philosophy is the main thing. Yes, and I and the the one I wanted to bring up to you is Ramsey or Malachi Flynn. Oh, give me Ramsey. Yeah, I think I'm with you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm totally there. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, these these backup point guards, and there's so many of them. Like, you're gonna tell me that like you can't get one of these later later point guards sitting at 43, like if you're super desperate for it or you can't get some even like low-level TJ McConnell or something to play your backup point guard, like, no, Jemias Ramsey, like that athleticism that you're working with and, the, and he has a real upside to him. Like Sacramento just needs to bank on upside. Like if you're talking King specific, like I was clearly a big Desmond Baines, uh, Desmond Bain guy, and I have Ram, uh, Bain clearly higher than Ramsey, but like I think I could be talked into preferring Ramsey over Bain for Sacramento. Yeah, that's really interesting. Which is super hot, and I'd have to give it more thought. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, well, like that, specifically I, for Sacramento, you're saying right? Specifically for them, for sure, because you're talking four-year guy versus a freshman. Right. I actually don't think that's crazy. I think it's. I think it'd be crazy to like put them there, uh, like in a vacuum or whatever, or for a contender, or what have you. But I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, and then, you know, quickly, like, I, you know, I actually don't have quickly, like, that much below Ramsey. So I actually, I don't know, if the pick came in 35, Emmanuel, quickly, like, I'm not going to be upset by any means. It's a little high. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, 43, I totally, totally, totally in play there. Yeah, I definitely like it. I think that again, he's going to be able to guy that he's going to be a guy that's able to fit a role, and I probably feel best about him sticking in the NBA for a good little while. I think that you mentioned, uh, yeah, I mean the highest floor guy out of this for for a good reason, and still has some okay upside as a role player that he's working with there as well. I definitely would not be upset to see him taking it thirty five, um, and. Yeah, especially if some of these younger, higher upside point guards are gone, since that's kind of what we've been advocating for at 35. And then, um, you know, I think Hinton is in play at 52, and I would just say do not draft Merrill or Mays. Yeah, please don't touch the latter two, <laughs> meaning they totally will. Yeah. Yeah. Um so if anyone has any other shooting guards in the draft that we didn't touch or, you know, there is a couple other ones that, you know, maybe might have ended up slotting into small forwards for us, um, then definitely let us know and, and we'll do our best to getting to the point of checking them out. But yeah, for now, I think that's going to do it for this episode. And the next one, we will get into a different position here. But thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse podcast. Definitely go check out the King's Herald for some great draft profiles. I believe Brian West, friend of the show, just put up his Aaron Neesmith piece there. And he's doing regular profiles there as well. And obviously any other Kings-related news will be there. So go check out the site and support the Patreon to support uh, local independent Kings coverage. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Post Podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days.